Hello and welcome to the AMPT Comics Podcast, episode 147. My name is David Brook and I'm here with Nathan Simmons. That's right, the Nathan Simmons, the one that is going to be knighted in a couple weeks. How you doing, Nathan? That's right. You're getting knighted. Oh, I'm good, Dave. We were doing... We were doing dueling Beatles impressions before we hit record. <laughs> That's how we start almost every show. <laughs> That's true. We like, guys, there's so much of just us farting around before we hit record that we end up doing a lot of dumb voices, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> just talking a lot of trash mm-hmm. about each other. Uh, and then it's all love, all peace and love <laughs> once we hit record. <laughs> How are you doing, Dave? I am great. I am great. I'm excited to talk about comics. Later in the show, Me we too. have Dustin Wen on to talk about Robin and Batman. He's collaborating yeah. with Jeff Lemire on that new series that just dropped on Tuesday. Actually, you reviewed Spoiler it. Spoiler alert. I loved it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I reviewed it for AIPTcomics.com. It's a beautiful book. It's a three-issue yes. series that just started, and uh, I think it's exercise, too, and it's like 48 pages per issue. It is, which I didn't realize before I got my my copy, and mm. I was very excited. Just There was like, so much Robin in this. <laughs> <laughs> Even more Alfred than you can handle. I mean, if you walk in the woods, you won't get as much Robin as you do when you open that comic book up. I, that's true. Presuming that you're in a wooded area where Robins live. Sure, and in a wooded glen. <laughs> If you've never listened to this show, uh, this is the AIPT Comics Podcast, where we recap the biggest news of the week, we review our favorite comics, we have guests on, of course, and special segments, too. To start every show, we recap the biggest news, and the biggest news is probably from Marvel, but you know what? After we finish the news, you tell us. You know what? There's some pretty equally wild news this week. Kick things off, Marvel announced a new one-shot called Secret X-Men Number 1. It's out in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is using... Characters from the X-Men vote from last year, or actually mm-hmm. almost last year, January 2021. Uh, so if if you voted for those characters, guess what? They're all getting their own team for this uh, one-shot extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. Anytime Boom Boom shows up in a book, I'm there. Oh, totally. And your favorite, Strong Guy. I love Strong Guy. Yeah, I, heard... I love Armor. Let this me is ask... a good. This is a good lineup. There's this rumor going around about you, Nathan. I want to ask you about it. Oh, am I a strong guy? <laughs> no. Uh, it, whenever someone says boom, boom in your presence, is it true that you take one of those cardboard milk cartons and just have to like spike it? <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I, I don't know. That's not true. Oh my God. Jeez Louise. All right. I'm, I'm gonna... sorry. I, I know that that's the first rule of improv is I should have yes ended, but I, <laughs> I am baffled by that. Yeah, it's a surprise to me too. This one's written by Teeny Howard and <laughs> has art by Francesco Mobili. Uh, And a cover by Lionel Francis Yu. Um, Obviously, this is uh, an exciting kind of book because it uses mutants that aren't normally on a main team. So, yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's cool. I like like seeing it's a weird ragtag bunch all together doing a pulling off a secret mission. You know, something that's bothersome about comics, if you're into the news, is that you get solicits before books even come out. You get like the second issue, third issue sometimes before the books even started. And in the next bit of news, X Lives of Wolverine, or is it 10 Lives of Wolverine? And X Deaths of Wolverine, or is it 10 Deaths of Wolverine? Uh, We've got (laughs) info about issue three and four. Yeah. But number one hasn't even come out for either issue because it's launching in January. Yeah, but it, it, that's, you know what? It's all worth it because I got to see this dope uh, mm. man with no name inspired cover for yes. deaths or for lives number three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he's he's standing on like a, a bone. It looks like bones, but it, I think it might a, be Omega, it's Omega Red. Red's tentacles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's gnarly, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So Wolverine yeah. is going on these lost missions, uh, and he's Wolverine. I have to read this. Wolverine's time shredding adventures sheds new light on eras of his life. Time shredding. That's now, great. I'm I'm gonna start using that in my like everyday speech. I'm gonna go to the post Absolutely. office and be like, I time shredded here. I got so yeah, I shred so much time today. <laughs> oh man! And then in uh, deaths, uh, X deaths of Wolverine, uh, it will star the Wolverine family, uh, including Laura Kinney, Dakin, and Scout yeah. as they enter the fray. So. The Wolverine mythos will definitely be built up with this uh, uh, all more than month long event. Yeah, they're 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 uh, filling in some of the gaps in his long history. It's really mm, cool. Mm. One gap I need to fill is uh, <laughs> the the '90s shaped hole in your heart. There's a '90s shaped hole uh, involving Spider-Man's spinoff team, the Slingers. Yeah. I remember it happening, but I wasn't super like into it, so I kind of didn't pick it up a lot. This is where uh, <laughs> Spider-Man, I think, tell me if I'm wrong. Spider-Man created new heroes and mm -hmm. pretended to be them, including Ricochet, Dusk, Hornet, and Prodigy. Yes. And it was like this really cool thing where Marvel like just introduced all these new costumes, which is, you know, cool in itself. It's a good gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, Spider-Man had been accused of murder, so he was trying to hide his identity um, and he did that by spending seemingly millions of dollars <laughs> crafting uh, different uh, cool outfits and uh, and weapon sets based around his powers. Um, this storyline totally sucked me in when I was a kid because yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, Spider-Man's throwing discs this month. Like, I was very into that. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, and all the uh, costumes are pretty neat. It's a neat idea, too, because like yeah. he it's not like his powers change. He's just he's just he's being a hero in a different way. Right. And then, uh, yeah, eventually other characters took on the took those suits and formed their own super team and uh, they're back, baby. <laughs> you know, also, you know, how, you know who else is back? Hmm. Goblins. Uh, Marvel has oh, teased. Oh, man, it's a big old goblin month coming up. It cray cray. Uh, the Queen Goblin will be introduced in Amazing Spider-Man in February. Uh-huh. And... They uh, Marvel released these teasers showing Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, and then um, I forget the name of the Carnage Goblin. That uh, Red Goblin. Yeah, Norman Osborn was uh, at yeah. the end of Dan Slott's run, and now Queen Goblin. And on this teaser, it says, "Now all hail their queen." I wrote like three hundred words, but I don't know anything about this character. <laughs> In this article I wrote for APT, but um, I don't know that there's been a whole lot revealed. No, nothing the design, yet. Which is kind of scaly, kind of creepy, mm. very uh, deranged looking. Love the flaming, uh, smiling and sad maces that she's carrying. That's clever. Yeah, there's some art by Arthur Adams they released. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you suppose she's tied to Norman at all, or is this a whole new thing? Because I feel like if it's not tied to Norman in any way, it's a bit odd. Um, yeah, I have no idea. That's that's kind of the thrilling thing. Oh my god, about it's it, Norman's it's, mother, isn't it? I uh yeah, or it's you know, it's Madeline Pryor. <laughs> now she's just she's not the goblin queen, she's the queen goblin. Oh my god, she reversed it. <laughs> um no, I I uh I it's an interesting it's an interesting design. I yeah, anytime there's a new goblin introduced, I'm you know, you've got my attention. Me too, yeah. I'm a huge gobby fan. I actually have a huge uh Marvel Legends, or I mean, and, and other uh, brands. Uh, yeah, Goblin, Goblin uh, shelf, whole shelf. Mm -hmm. And you have Willem Dafoe stuffed in your bedroom. <sighs> yeah, the actor, yeah, I do. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Sony, so I, I'm not supposed to say this, but Sony texted me like a year ago and they said, we're going to do a new movie with him. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, but make sure Kristen Dunst is in it. And they were like, all right. Yeah. So that's me. That's all me. Interesting. All right. What's not all me is Image Comics' new series, Step by Bloody Step by Cy Spurrier and Mateus Bergara with colors by Mateus Lopez. Um, this was intru- uh, not introduced, announced earlier yeah. this week. Uh, it's a miniseries, and it's slated to start in June 2022. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I I was uh, I was late to Coda, um, and I yeah, loved Coda, um, and just the idea of this creative team doing another uh, fantasy high fantasy series is very exciting. Four double sized issues, mm. uh, which is that's just so cool. Like uh, this, and the 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 artwork that's come out so far, I really like. What is that video game where you pl- you fight giant monsters in like monster a fantasy? <laughs> uh, monster Hunter. No, what is it? Uh, fight giant monsters. It was like beloved. I think they just remastered it. Even um, Monster Monster Man, the mo- the the game. <laughs> uh, it's God. not Monster Hunter. Is no. No. Oh. <laughs> um, it oh, does, oh, oh. Uh, the la- it, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Last Guardian, though. Like the the pitch, anyway, reminds me of that. But it looks like it's got a little bit more of a. Oh, are you talking about Shadow of the Colossus? Yes, that's the one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because that was what I was about to say. It kind of reminds me of a little bit. Yes, um, right, because it's about an armored giant and a helpless child, and they have to cross a bunch of land, mm-hmm. and there's lots of deadly uh, things trying to get them. Yeah, under 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 Spurrier great. and Bergara, this is going to be just a beautiful work, I'm sure. Yep, absolutely. Also announced by Image Comics, Creators for Creators grant recipients are coming out with a new book called New Masters Number One. Uh, I wasn't actually aware of Creators for Creators uh, until now, but this is their first published comic series. It's starting in February. And uh, yeah, it's a culmination of nearly a decade of work for both of them. Uh, and it's about Nigerian brothers Shobo and Shaf portray a striking vision of West Africa under the thumb of alien colonizers in New Masters. Alien colonizers wow. kind of reminds me of um, District Nine or something, right? Like, yeah, that's an interest. I love this premise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really neat. And there's um, there's a lot of I don't know. I, I'm a sucker for stories that are set in the future where uh, technology is advanced, but that doesn't mean that <laughs> like. Yeah. people have been taken care of you know what i mean like right, it's, totally. it's still a, it's like a scrappy version of the future because that's uh look that's that'll i mean you know unless the world ends before then that's that's kind of <laughs> what'll happen is you know people aren't you know the rich are going to keep getting richer uh unfortunately yeah yeah and if, um, there's a preview on apt you can see and you can see like yeah there's like this there's high tech here and there but there's also just like people living you know in, in a slum like situation yeah. And I and I love uh, I love stories that that blend uh, you know future sci-fi and mythology, so uh, like this this sounds really cool. Uh, this is the part of the show where I ask Nathan if he has downloaded his antivirus software yet. For today, um, I mean, I got my flu shot this week. If that's what you mean. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's close enough. So in the oh, next cool. bit of news, <laughs> Diamond and Alliance were hit by a ransomware attack. Damn. Their websites and their order processes were affected. This was uh, reported on by ICVT, ICV2.com. Yeah. Um, kind I of was a reading about this yesterday. This is wild. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not sure how much it's affecting the, the release of comics. If you don't know, Diamond Comics distributors distribute. Well, they used to distribute all comics, but now they're Everything. distributing yeah. um, mostly 
non-Marvel and Mar- non-DC stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, any disruption at this point would be, you know, upsetting, especially with Marvel or still having uh, mm-hmm. delays to all their books. But um, how could this the, happen? <laughs> I don't know. But the, the great thing is that the, they did say that customer data wasn't impacted by it. Mm-hmm. So it's literally mm-hmm. just like playing havoc with their their own kind of like internal systems and information. Right, right. Uh, which isn't great. I mean that that no. means that they're probably going to end up uh, having to either you know pay to get that information back, or it's going to be a, a long road trying to track whoever is uh, messing with them through their IT department. So uh, yeah, this is wild though. I mean, anytime there's a huge company is hit with an attack like this, it's always surprising. Yeah, because I, I usually companies put in place the protections they need so they can't be right. hacked or whatever. Right. But luckily Absolutely. the comic shops are safe in this situation. And in our last bit of news, Netflix and Archie comics are joining forces for a new live action musical movie called the Archies. Yeah. This news went up on veterans day. Um, <laughs> it's directed by Zoya Akhtar and it's produced by tiger Bay and graphic India. And it will be set in the 1960s India. Which yeah. I immediately was like, wait, what? How is this going to yeah. work? <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah, I, I love that it's not the it's not the obvious uh, the obvious route to tell this story. I love that they they have there's an official Archie comic by uh, by Dan Parent mm-hmm. uh, to 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 break the news. I love that they did that. Um, it must yeah, be this is so interesting. Bollywood. Is it Bollywood? They're they're going into that market, right? I, I'm not sure. That's that's the thing. There's so there's so little that we know about it so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, just I mean I'm already on board with an Archie <laughs> musical. You know yeah. I love me some Archie characters. Um, mm-hmm. and and yeah, the the John Goldwater uh, Archie Comics CEO said like I'm. It said uh, it described it as a exciting take on Archie and friends through the lens of Indian cinema. Like, mm-hmm. so we're going to see them, you know, in a different way. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so neat. And it's fun too. like, like you said, the original art style artist is, is doing yeah. this mini comic where the characters, if you go to the website, you're talking see about how rad this movie is going to be. <laughs> that's so meta, right? Yeah, they're 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 talking about how like oh a new movie uh, it's coming we're in it like they're just like surprised to find out that they're in the movie. But I want to know yeah. did they do this Love for it. Riverdale because like what if CW sees this they might be like jealous. Well, so when when Riverdale was coming out, I feel like um, Archie was in the midst of really trying to push other versions of the characters. Yeah. Like that was around the time the Mark Wade Fiona Staples run was coming out. Right. Um, and so that was like, that was and and the, even the digest books were running like quote unquote new look Archie, you know, like mm. there was this real conscious push to, uh, to kind of leave that sixties uh, uh, rose colored glasses mentality behind. So I, I love that, not only are we getting like this kind of stuff that's embracing the history of Archie, but we're pushing it in a bold new direction. That's so cool. Yeah. It I know cool. I've said that. I know I've said so cool a bunch of times <laughs> in this episode so far, but uh, most of this news is making me very happy. If it, if they pull it off, like what's the next property yeah. that could get this treatment, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Well, that's it for news in our next segment. Stand out. Kapow! Moment of the week. 
<laughs> this is our favorite moment of the week. Uh, yeah. Can be a panel, can be a full page, but it has to be just a part of a comic. Doesn't necessarily mean the book was our favorite comic, but it's definitely yeah. had a moment that stood out to us. Yeah. Uh, my favorite moment, I don't know if it's favorite, definitely Kapow, <laughs> is, uh, is Alien Kapow Number 8. Sure. Uh, it's by Philip Kenny Johnson and Salvador LaRocca. There's a, a moment where you turn the page and an alien is putting its, what is that thing that it sticks out of its mouth? It's proboscis. <laughs> it is, it is. It is going through a guy's head and exploding it onto a woman's face. No, proboscis is a nose. We uh, have teeth flying out, blood flying out, and it, what looks like a toupee. Oh, no, but it is. It is it, proboscis. It's actually I'm his sorry. scalp just <laughs> flying up in the air. And yeah, uh, no, this is uh, gnarly as hell. Like excellent I, use of a proboscis. The sound is kasplak, but yeah. it might as well be kapow. It, yeah, our standout Kasplak <laughs> moment of the week. Um, I love, uh, this is such a gnarly thing, but the, so you see the guy's bottom teeth because his jaw is still attached. Yeah. Uh, and the top of the alien's teeth, and it almost looks like they're forming one mouth together. Like oh, it's a, yeah, it's that's an, sweet. It's, it's, it's almost it's romantic. Bad. It is. You're right. Um, no, that that is a wild. Uh, that was a wild panel that really stuck out to me this week too. Also, the teeth rocketing through the air, his scalp as its own piece. Uh, it's yeah, it's nuts. And then uh, it looks like the alien is doing a shocker symbol with its hand. In, he is uh, in the foreground. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, or he's throwing up like the Dio horns. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. If you go to aiptcomics.com, go to this podcast post, you can see this art. What is your Kapow moment of the week? My Kapow moment of the week was from Batman the Imposter number three. Two. Number two. Three? I, I, is it two? I think three? it's two. Hang on. I think You're it's right. Two. You're right. Uh, Batman the Imposter, number two, by Matson Tomlin, Andrea Sorrentino, and Jordi Belair. Uh, so in this issue, Bruce Wayne was has been uh, hanging out with Detective Blair Wong from GCPD to try to find out what she knows about Batman and what she knows about um, the imposter Batman who's been going around and killing criminals. Um, and his original plan was to just kind of uh, act like he's interested in her, but then he began to realize he's falling in love with her. And this realization occurs in this gorgeous page um, where the the two are uh, standing in the rain, kissing. She lets her umbrella fly away. And they are not only not only is are there a, a thousand bats flying by, <laughs> but um, they're they're bordered by this. The background is this giant, um, very realistic sketch of a vampire bat behind them. Uh, and it's it's reflected in the in the rain below. Uh, I just think this is such a striking image, and uh, it like really like kind of took my breath away when I turned to it while reading. It's like the kapow hit you in the gut. Yeah, it was more like a punch. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know Andrea's um, process, process because absolutely. I mean, when you look at the page. There's no way he was just like, okay, this is it. And it, you know, like there's so many little pieces to it, yeah. and then the layout, of course. And, and this whole book is like that. I mean, the 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 la the page layouts in this are wildly intricate. There's like one conversation that happens um, through a series of. Uh, 
like rings almost like a a ripple effect and there's just some really interesting uh page layouts throughout this this whole this whole book but this one in particular i just thought was so pretty i love that they're off center um and I, I just there's there's so much happening in this one image um that it it's the first time in this book that i've been like oh this bruce wayne's a human being like <laughs> and i think it's the first time he's allowed himself to be a human being as well and it's, just, right. it's really striking Sorrentino is one of those artists where I look at his work and I go, the kids that are reading this today that want to be artists, what are they going to yeah. do? Right. Right. <laughs> just, they're just like, oh, I can't do that. That's that's so good. <laughs> well, I thought the reverse, like they want to be like him and then they become something even better. Oh, sure. OK, well, I, that just tells you that I'm a nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we work so well. Ying and yang over here. That's right. In our next segment, our top books of the week, we're talking about our most favoritest books out next week. Wait, this week. This week. And yeah. uh, we, it's just the top two. But, you know, we could probably do top 20. But, there were uh, some really good books this week. This was It was harder to, to narrow stuff down this week than it has been recently, I will say. Like, what if we uh, did um, what if real we did quality. A, what if we did a top five, but we did it like Letterman, and like we just did like <laughs> a line each one? <laughs> yeah, I like that. And then we'd have to get a third uh, band leader who just like kind of cuts in asking sure. questions. No, I like this. This is yeah. good. <laughs> anyway what was your second favorite book of the week uh my second favorite book of the week was robin and batman number one by jeff lemire and dustin Wynn. um going back to dick grayson's first days as robin this is uh i just thought this was a really great take on a story that we you know we feel like we know this already you know like that's always kind of the the trick of doing an origin story, especially for a character that's been around for 80 years. You're just like, well, I I know all this already. Hmm. Um, And I think that this book finds some really interesting ways of surprising you without feeling like it betrays the characters as you know them. Uh, Dick Grayson is uh, withdrawn and angry. And whenever he goes out and fights crime that's when he becomes the person that we know like he's smiling and he's excited and he feels like he's on top of the world and he can he can do anything um and bruce you know as much as he wants to help this kid he doesn't have this the the first idea about raising a child he has no idea how uh, all he knows is how he was when he was that age and no one's ever been as damaged as bruce wayne <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah um and so, like, whenever he thinks he's doing the right thing or doing something that's going to make uh, Dick feel better, it 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 all backfires. He can't win. Um, meanwhile, it also introduces uh, a new take on Killer Croc that I'm fascinated by. I can't wait to see how this all turns out. And Dustin Wynn's artwork is fantastic I, I i loved streets of gotham i'm a huge lil gotham fan <laughs> uh and it's it's so fun to see um see that art style that style continue to evolve and and uh and, and the different kinds of stories that can be told with it there's some stuff here that is like super gritty and dark and it still has like a a a, a a ray of hope that shines through it. And that's Dick Grayson. Like, uh, you know, it, there's a reason why it's so great to always see that bright red costume running through the sewers. you know? Right. Totally. Um, uh, I, man, I, I just really, this first issue exceeded my expectations and I, I'm really looking forward to, to reading the rest of it. Yeah. Dustin had a lot of great uh, thoughts about Dick Grayson and about Robin and, their approach to the book and how yeah. long it's been since they wanted to create this. If uh, if you want to hear all that, 
wait till the yeah. end of the near the end of the show where he'll jump on with me and we'll chat it up. And and as someone who like I loved Streets of Gotham as I mentioned and that book stars Dick Grayson as Batman and so right. it's really interesting right. to see you know a similar physicality to this younger version. It really does feel like there's a, a very um, visual through line between how he drew Dick Grayson as Batman and how he draws him as this kind of proto Robin. I thought it was so striking. Like it feels like it could easily exist in continuity. And I believe it is, but yeah, it's not necessarily easy to do. Uh, Like for instance, Batman is like so gaunt and like skinny. It's like he, he's somewhat new to this or he's letting it kill him by not you know, feeding himself enough or something. Yeah. They actually have an argument. He has an argument with, uh, Oh, that's right. He's not eating. And I think that that's another thing we'll see is how, in a lot of ways, Robin saved his life. Right, 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 right. I love the reveal of the costume too. Um, Dustin, oh, so great. I guess it's a new design. I didn't realize. Yes, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's very yeah. slick. Yeah, I love it. Um, I also picked a red hero for my second oh, favorite good. book of the week. <laughs> <laughs> trying to connect the dots here. Uh, I really liked Amazing Spider-Man number seventy-eight by Kelly Thompson and Sarah Pacelli and Jim Toe. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Toe draws the last, I think, four pages. But um, this carries forward from the last issue where Spider-Man fought Morbius at the very end of that issue. And then at the start of this issue, he's fighting. But also, he just got bit by right. a vampire. Um, I think what makes this book so good is that Thompson is showing different sides of Ben's life and how they're being treated and how they're yeah. acting. We get to see uh, Ben's girlfriend, Elizabeth, and how you know she's just so in love with him but also she mm-hmm. is caged in this beyond situation where they, we live at the beyond corporation meanwhile there's a woman named maxine who is the head of like the superhero development of uh, beyond and we see that she may not see ben quite so much as a human being and more like a weapon or something to develop yeah definitely an asset and I love that scene where there's a doctor looking at Ben who's incapacitated from the vampire bite. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what if we let it uh, attack him? Will he gain new powers? Will he become even more powerful? You know? Right. And the Wouldn't doctor's be like, fun to find out. Yeah. And the doctor's like, that's like, he, he's literally like white in the face, almost like just shock. Like that yeah. is not humane. What you're even asking. Like, that's terrible. Uh, meanwhile, there's some interesting developments with Mary Jane and uh, Black Cat um, mm-hmm. uh, surrounding B- Peter, who's still in a coma. And um, there's also like Easter eggs. Like there's a fun um, Ben and his girlfriend go see a movie or a show or something. And on the theater, you can see it's uh, Stegman, a comedy, which I assume is a joke on Ryan <laughs> yes. Stegman. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, and, you know, I love the mystery of, like, what's Beyond really up to? And, you know, you could probably make a fairly educated guess on what they're up to. Um, corporations <laughs> tend to be evil in all comic books uh, right. for a reason. Uh, and it's probably the same here. But there's some complexities in Ben's life that I'm, like, clinging to that I really like. And it's just, it's exciting to read Spider-Man again. Yeah, absolutely. But who cares about Spider-Man? Everyone's into symbiotes now. Think about. <laughs> um, stop trying to make Spider-Man happen, Nathan. Um, okay. <laughs> what's that line? Fetch? Stop trying to make yeah, fetch. fetch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, our favorite comic book of the week is the same this week. Yeah. Uh, we both picked Venom number one by Al Ewing, Ron V, and Brian Hitch. So good. It's uh, uh, exercised, and we've all been anticipating this for months, I, I think. 
Yeah, and it takes some huge swings right out the gate. Yep. Uh, without spoiling it, like there, I mean, you always hear the you know this things will never be the same. After, <laughs> and I genuinely can't imagine Venom will be the same after this first issue. Yeah, totally. Uh, in exciting ways. Um, the 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 they find really interesting ways of uh, reinventing Venom's power set and uh, opening up new possibilities right away. Uh, it's this was just a thrill to read. It's really cool in that they've got Dylan wearing Venom now, or I uh-huh. guess he's not supposed to use it, but it, it sort of follows him around as like a protector, I guess. Keep him safe. Yeah. Uh, and he that's the, you still have that street level Venom mm-hmm. who's simpler, who just you know uses fists and strength. But now right. you've got Eddie, who's the king in black, who can teleport his freaking mind across the galaxy. Right. <laughs> it's so cool. And I, I, I don't know who's writing what, because I know that Ron V has said he's writing, uh, I think he's writing the Dylan portions and Al's writing yeah, the space so. portions. Yeah. And, and that's a really cool dichotomy and juxtaposition because you've got this, mm-hmm. you know, crazy mind bending space stuff going on. And then we're right. going to have this Dylan stuff. And, you know, he's young and hasn't worn a symbiote for very long. So, like, you've got different flavors in one book that really work well together. And then Brian Hitch is like, you know, all timer. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it did some really interesting things with uh, like there's a there's a a scuffle in space that goes completely off the rails and introduces <laughs> uh, a brand new threat for venom um and uh there's it's it's doing interesting things with time jumps and pov that uh like there's stuff in this first issue that i can see paying off 30 issues from now mm. uh, and, and it mm-hmm. not feeling like we've had to wait for it like it just there's some really interesting uh interesting setup here that i i didn't expect mm-hmm yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it, it it's 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 interesting. Um, Stegman and Donny Cates were kind of, you know, blending in horror elements for sure, right? With Kenny yeah. Black, who's basically like a, the ultimate vampire, and right, the symbiote, of course, and the, the sort of like gore and weirdness of it all. But this feels even more horror on some scale, like, yeah, frightening well, on a whole always. other level. Like Earth mm-hmm. could be crushed. Because... Existential horror. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's a cool book. You should go pick it up. It's good. I liked it. I reviewed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you gave it a 10 out of 10. I did, yeah. That's nice. You don't even give that many 10 out of 10, so, I mean, come on. I don't. I Yeah, I, I really dug this. In our next segment, Top Books for Next Week, we're going to talk about our most anticipated comic. Out next week, I picked a book pretty much based on cover alone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, hey, which is the next segment. that's not a bad idea. Uh, X-Force number 25. Uh, on the cover, it says, celebrating 25 issues with their deadliest mission yet. And what do we see but Wolverine in the shallows <laughs> while surfers with guns are surfing down waves shooting at him. And he's getting hit, of course. It's a good cover. I mean, there's like blood coming out of his arms. I, there's blood coming out of where his blades are, I assume, because he just pulled his, uh, he snicked, 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 snicked his uh, blades out. And then there's even a scuba guy like popping out of the water, shooting at him. It's yeah. like, I want to see this in a James Bond movie, but I'll take Wolverine too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see James Bond <laughs> snicked. <laughs> there's a preview on the site. Uh, it has Wolverine and Forge just sort of chatting and walking about. Yeah. There's not a lot of action in it, but the cover is, has, has me sold. <laughs> a hell of a lot of action. Yeah. What is your most anticipated book out next week? I'm really looking forward to The Nice House on the Lake, number six, by James Tynan IV, Alvaro Martinez Bueno, and Jordi Belair. Um, 
I love this series. I've finally gotten a chance to catch up on the last couple of issues. Um, and issues four and five both end with uh, insane reveals that sort of set the stage for the whole book to be new and different. Uh, I mean, the, that's one of the things that's so thrilling about this book is the nice house in the lake opens with the end of the world and <laughs> things keep getting weirder. Yeah. Um, and uh, the 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 next issue is meant to close out the first arc of the series. Um, so I am expecting big revelations, big changes, and um, probably another insane cliffhanger. But um, for the first time since the book started, I feel a weird kind of hope thanks to the ending of part five. Oh. Um, and I'm really interested to see how how they carry that through. God, it's got to be the one of the best DC Black Label books there is, right? It's excellent. It's so it's so unsettling, and the characters are so well written, and uh, even even the ones who aren't relatable feel human and uh, understandable. Even when you're you're like, I I would not do this, but also I don't have to deal with what you're dealing with. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and you know, each issue is started with a very ominous jump forward in time with different characters narrating, and uh, I have a feeling we're about to come full circle with those. Bum bum bum. Do we know if it's aliens yet? I forget aliens slash extra dimensional things okay which is as bad as demons it's just it's bad yeah it's as bad as <laughs> demons that's what i've always said that's my scale with everything i go is this pizza good or is it as bad as demons <laughs> in our next segment judging by the cover of junior we're gonna talk about our favorite cover art out and next week we just talked about this week mm-hmm yeah next week you know what smash mouth was right the years start coming and they don't stop coming <laughs> as long as we hit the ground running that's right i really liked kang the conqueror number four by mike del mundo mike del mundo is a cheat in this category because it's always good <laughs> always good this uh, this was very close to being my pick too this is a great cover the thing about mundo is it's not only clean and, and pretty or, or ugly if he wants it to be, but it's there's always like an idea behind it. And you saw that with um, Legion, of course, where like there were covers where he was made up of pills. And oh, like, sure. and in this case, we have Kang, who is the cuckoo of the cuckoo clock, and he's popped out. Yeah. Um, and Looking very contemplative. Yeah, it's the opposite of what you would expect from a cuckoo clock. Uh, mm -hmm. So he's very bad at it, of course. At being he's, the cuckoo. he's the worst cuckoo clock, and I, <laughs> we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Anyway, he's coming out of this this really neat, uh, obviously a cuckoo clock style clock, but it's got all these different types of um, time faces and digital, and he's got numbers yeah. kind of like interwoven with each other. Clearly, something's up with time, and it's messed up. Yeah. All the way at the bottom, the little pendulum that pendulum that goes back and forth is Earth itself. There's just I mean, everything I just described, you can sit here and just look it over and kind of piece yeah, it all together. And it's then, so cool. Like, he's the, he's an artist where you look at the cover, you have an idea and go, oh, I like that. Then you start to look into it and then you have like a whole new relationship with it. And this is all splayed over like, I, it looks like he's like in space or something. It's really neat. Yeah, I love it. But I bet yours is better. Um, Mine's pretty good, I think. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I will say... I'm admitting this on the show. I did not draw this, um, but I love uh, I love Jason Sean Alexander's cover for King Spawn number four. Yeah, 
for next week. Uh, this is just terrifying. Um, I, I, it's a, it's spawn in a black and white, very Nosferatu esque pose, long nails, giant fangs, and uh, a cloak that is billowing both out and straight up. That he's got the highest collar in all the land. It's probably why he's king. <laughs> Um, and I love that his chains are shooting towards us and off panel. Um, but the thing that I just keep coming back to is the, 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 the green eyes in all of this black and white. It's such a great little touch. You can always count on spawn to have those creepy green eyes. Um, and this is just such a great, this reminds me of like an 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, um, underground horror comic. There's just a, a very, uh, uh, grimy, gritty kind of feel to this. You know, Spawn's gone over 200 issues over time here, and like, yeah, every cover hits, right? Like, there hasn't been a bad cover in we, its entire time. We, we talk about this a lot where I'm just like, every time I see a Spawn cover, I'm like, man, I should check that out. That's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, this is also pretty great. Dustin Wen. Who will be joining yeah. us on the show right now? You can listen to the interview. By the way, I was just thinking, what if we had uh, Paul Schaefer join us on the show? Okay, yeah, for we're back to the late night thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a third guy who doesn't actually like sure. contribute, but just comments. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Because then he'd be like, yeah. "Ah, I like that one," you know. <laughs> yeah, and then we right before the interview, we can say, "Sorry, Matt Damon, we ran out of time." <laughs> okay, what's up with that? That's good. I like that. Anywho's. Uh, enjoy and uh, make sure you like, subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. Dustin Wen, thank you so much for being on the APT Comics podcast. You have Robin and Batman out this week, and uh, we can't wait to talk about it. Thank you, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for uh, giving us a review, too. What was the collaboration process like with Jeff Lemire? I mean, you guys have worked together for years now, but putting together this specific Robin story. Um, you know, the collaboration stays the same. Kind of, you know, Jeff wrote the script. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just turn in art. It's it's pretty smooth. It's really organic. We've always had this working relationship where we, you know, I, I trust him to have like, you know, the best story ideas. And then he trusts me and, deliver, <laughs> you know, the the story. And, um, you know, we got to work with um, our editor, Ben Abernathy, who I've worked. He was my editor on Wildcats back in 2000, my first oh, wow. uh, ongoing series. So it's it's, you know, it's everyone we work with, even our um, designer and letterer was, you know, Steve Wands, who was the designer and editor on Descender. Yeah. So it's like, it's just the entire team of everyone that we've, we're, we're just all familiar with each other. And we, uh, you know, we all trust and respect each other. So it it's as smooth as any book we've ever done for DC, you know. And I feel like this is how things should be. <laughs> right. Like, just get all the other crap out of the way. And so you can just focus on the work, right? Well, luckily, is our, our book doesn't really, I don't think our book kind of like slides in anywhere with the main, uh, you know, the current timeline. So, or so we don't step on any toes. So it was very smooth. You know, we didn't have any, any uh, problems at all. What do you think sets Dick Grayson apart from Batman's other partners? Uh, I think the thing that sets him the most is he's, uh, he's the one, I, I don't. I don't want to speak this because people get really mad when you talk about other. <laughs> but I think of all the other Robins and sidekicks, he's the only one that doesn't want to be a sidekick. I don't think he ever wanted to be one, and I mm-hmm. really, uh, really gives you kind of that hint, you know. Because if you look at all the other ones, I think I, I would say Tim Drake is the only one that really, truly, always wanted to be Robin. Um, you know, Damien's a little. You know, he's. 
he he doesn't know what he wants to do. He's just crazy. Um, but Grayson, I don't. I think that sets him apart from every other sidekick in the in you know in any team. So your your work in watercolor is so fabulous. This issue in particular, there's so many use the use of like blues in the city scenes and in the uh, Batcave. Did you ever run into any pages that were more of a challenge using watercolor for this story? I would say the entire book is a challenge for me. <laughs> Anytime I'm, <laughs> for me. I'm still like, you know, trying to figure out how to do things. This is obviously the first time I've done um, this type of painting for uh, a DC book. I've done Little Gotham's before and it's a little more uh, whimsical and vibrant and stuff. Uh, this one, I was really trying to bring the mood. So yeah, I mean, there is no pages that are not a challenge. Every Every time I'm drawing, you know, if it's not a challenge, I really don't want to do it anyways. You know, there, what's the point? Because every time you do something like this, you learn something about yourself and you learn something about the process. Uh, so this book is just one of those. Uh, it, it's it's a huge stepping stone for me in uh, gaining more experience and telling a story. And also, you know, getting to work with Jeff on a Batman title that we've talked about for years. Uh, this is huge for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's no uh, stranger to Batman, uh, especially lately with the uh, DC Black Label. The monster, he does so many things, man. <laughs> I was reading his Substack, and I think he mentioned this title, and he was saying like this scripts were done for this so long ago, like all of his projects are just like sitting in drawers <laughs> waiting to be made. And I think he's, uh, I think he's, he's wrote about it, written about it in his blog before. The way he's always, he's always ahead because he's always working ahead. Um, and I, I know that sounds really like more easy or said than done, but the way Jeff writes is, I think he does, uh, even if he's behind on something else, he's done, he's ahead on something else because he spends all his time focusing on one title at a time instead of, you know, giving a slice here, a slice there, a slice there every day. You know, he, when he works on something, he only focuses on that. And that's why he's so far ahead. Um, this script, um, I've, I believe this was done last, this story was written last year. So, oh, wow. Working in watercolor, do you ever face a page where it doesn't quite work and you have to start anew? Uh, you know, yes and no. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I always face a page and it doesn't work. But sometimes working watercolor versus when I work in digital where there's room to change things. Uh, with me, watercolor is like, you know, the saying is it paints itself. Uh, sometimes I just wait for the results. And when it's done, it's done. Hmm. Fix it. And, you know, I think it's uh, you kind of surrender to it. You're like, okay, this actually works. And you know, the time that I don't, the few times where I would have to read, uh, redraw something is not because the colors didn't work, but it's more like the storytelling doesn't work when it, uh, you put it up against the, the next before storytelling doesn't work. Then no matter how cool you paint it, it's not going to work because it just doesn't read. You know, story for me, stories first. So totally, yeah. The the shot of Batman, I think he's swinging through the city. And that you can see all the buildings. Oh my god, it's just so beautiful. But also like the chaos of watercolor. I look at that and I go, holy shit! Like how long did this take to get just right? You know. I think that page was like one of those because um, you, you paint it and then you wait for it to dry. You paint it and you wait for it to dry. And I'm doing that at like three in the morning. And you know, I paint near a window and my house is facing the street. And I'm pretty sure my neighbor's like, why is this guy doing his hair at three in the morning? Because is <laughs> going on. <laughs> yeah. It's because uh, because if I paint it while it's wet, you get a different look. But if you wait till it dry, you know, there's there's a few different ways to get certain effects. And that was one of those pages where it's, it, it was a learning experience. So you've drawn a few uh, very different Robins over the years from Streets of Gotham to Little Gotham. How do you personally approach capturing 
the demeanor and physicality of Dick Grayson versus Damon Wayne? Uh, I think Dick Grayson, I've always seen him as more um, uh, as like an, uh, a gymnast. Like he doesn't have like a, to me, he's more closer to Terry McGinnis. Like, you know, very salt, very sleek, you know, able to, he's very agile. Um, say uh, a person like um, Damien, I see him as a young Bruce Wayne. You know, he's, he's more of a, you know, he's like, he's like a street brawler. Uh, you know, he's, he's not as, uh, well, the way I draw him, I don't see him as being as acrobatic as Dick Grayson. Um, that's always how I approach him. Uh, we here on the AIPT Comics podcast are huge fans of Batman Tales, Once Upon a Crime. Uh, is there any chance we'll get to see you and Derek paired on a project like that in the future? I always want to. I mean, I've always said, like, you know, I if if there's a reason to come back to Batman, I always want a good reason to work with, you know, writers I like and characters and DC letting me draw the characters I like. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Little Gotham has a really huge space in my heart. And um, any time that we can do more Little Gotham stories, you know, we do. Uh, it depends on both our schedules, you know, uh, like when people look at when readers look at books, they're like, oh, how come you don't do this? And why aren't you doing this? A lot of times, it's like as an artist, you can only do one thing at a time, you know, unless you're like amazing. There's so many guys out there that can do like multiple projects. But unlike writers, you know, we can only do one, one project at a time. And uh, this project, you know, took some lining up to do. So, yeah. But yeah, I I don't see why we wouldn't do more, you know, Little Gotham. Nice. Whenever I'm looking at art, I sometimes wonder, like, did they draw this linearly? Do you, with three issues in this series, did you approach it linearly from cover to cover, or do you kind of jump around? Um, I, I draw it from, uh, you know, from page one to page 40 on each issue. Um, the problem with this book was because it's 40 pages. So sometimes um, by the time I get to page 40 and I jump back to color, I forget what I was doing at page one because it's been over a month since it passed, you know, <laughs> so it becomes difficult. Uh, but this one, yeah, these issues are monsters like to me because um, I can draw 40 pages, but I've never painted 40 pages per issue. So but yes, I do. Uh, I do work from page to page because to me, like like I said, the story has to make sense. And if I jump around, sometimes it doesn't. The only time I would jump around is if it's um, there are different scenes like, you know, scene would be in the back cave, a scene would be in the dining table where a scene would take place in Metropolis. So yeah, I, that's when I would jump around, but every other time, you know, like you said, from cover to cover. I had Steve Pugue on the show to talk about Harley Quinn breaking glass. And it was fascinating to hear him talk about how like that project took years or over a year. And he went back by the time he got to the end, he was drawing Harley's face differently than when he was, when he started. So he had to go back and like redraw her face in a lot of different scenes. Do you ever find yourself doing that tinkering with art after it's done? Yeah, you have to because, um, you know, when we were working on Descender, even drawing Tim, creating him for a first page, because you kind of learn the characters as you go along and you learn uh, you're you're learning about the character for yourself um, anytime. Um, you know, when I was drawing Batman, even in uh, Streets of Gotham, you know, starting from the beginning to the end, I would uh, he changes at the end. Um, and if there's room, then, yeah, you should definitely go back and tinker with it um, with this one. It's. It's, it's a lot easier to tinker with it because um, the way I work is I pencil, I paint, and then I go back and do final line work. So when I go back, that's when there's a chance to change or redraw the faces. No matter how you painted it, you can still redraw the final line work differently. Um, you know, and, you know, that's just my way of doing it. Every, every painter, every colorist out there does it different. So I have a little more, uh, you know, 
it's a little more forgiving on my end for myself. With Robin and Batman number one out, is there a specific page uh, or, or panel that you're excited for folks to see? Yeah, you know, the, you know, without describing or giving away too much, it's the final. Um, it would be when Batman, Bruce, and you know, uh, Grayson finally see eye to eye. I think that page. Um, it was something that I think when I sent into the, to the rest of the team, and you know, our editor was like, "Man, that page brought me to tears," and I was like, "Yes, that's that's very on brand for Jeff," you know. So, oh, totally. That's so. That's awesome. Um, when 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 you see the again, no no big spoilers, but when you see the Robin costume that Batman made, you did such a beautiful job making it look like armor, but also like there's this absence of color around it that kind of really brings it out. It's really good. It was really fun to get to, you know, design a new uh, Robin costume. And I don't expect, you know, it's a stick. Like, you know, usually when you design a costume, you hope that DC uses it and you hope that every other artist kind of picks up on it. Yeah, I've kind of like, I just wanted to create a costume that I enjoy drawing. And you'll see sometimes when I draw, I'll, it's not very consistent because I'm just a very inconsistent artist. Um, but I do like to mess with it a little. And it was just a lot of fun to get to do something for myself, you know? And that sounds fun. Um, something I noticed with this first issue too is the like bone structure of Batman's jaw. Like he he seems like kind of gaunt almost. And and that gives like a youthfulness to it. Are you thinking about that kind of thing while drawing these books? Yeah, um, you know, if, if this is the, the early days of uh, uh, Dick Grayson, then, uh, you know, obviously Alfred and Bruce Wayne are a little younger than we see them today. Um, but also I, I just like drawing uh, him at a certain age where he's just kind of like, I, I don't, you know, I mean, he's, he's this billionaire guy that's out there and he obviously has to be handsome all the time, but I don't see Bruce Wayne with all the stress he's under, with all the, you know, the weight of the world and the weight of welcome. I don't see him as very like healthy. Like, you know, he's physically fit, but I don't see him as healthy, you know? He's probably, you know, he's, he's probably uh, malnourished. Uh, you know, he's, he's not eating well. He's not sleeping. Well, so obviously he doesn't, when you see him, he has to look kind of like, you know, he's kind of tired. So yeah, that's the look you're seeing. That makes sense. He's pushing himself way too hard and it's all driven by his emotions to like fight crime forever. <laughs> Was there anything you learned while uh, working on this project? Um, you know, I, I learned that there for myself, I learned there are some things I can do and can't, um, or I don't enjoy doing. Uh, and it's always been like that with me, you know. I have a hard time following uh, costumes, uh, keeping a consistency, like I said before. <laughs> That's one thing I learned about myself. Um, you know, it's I don't know how some of these guys out there do it. You know, they juggle entire teams of superhero monthly. And dude, mad respect to that, because I can't do it. Like, I remember when I was working on, um, the authority it was hard enough just to keep up with costumes for a few characters i can't imagine what keeping up costumes and colors for all these characters. it's it, it really makes you uh, appreciate uh monthly books that team monthly books you know um that's one thing i've never really done is a team monthly book for dc and that's one thing i learned i probably shouldn't <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right yeah, I can imagine it could be such a headache when you've got all these different costumes, but then also like layered upon each other as they stand around in a room or something. Yeah, you look at guys like Doug Monkey and uh, George Jimenez, uh, Jorge Jimenez. I'm like, man, how do they do this? You know, it's like, how do you keep up with this? Uh, do you have a favorite Robin story? My favorite Robin story is actually the animated series Robin story with uh, Tim Drake and Annie. Nice. Do you have a favorite Batman story? Uh, 
You know, it's going to sound weird, but my favorite Batman story is actually my favorite Batman Beyond story. And both these, I guess they're from the animated series because I just, you know, that was the series I grew up with. My favorite Batman Beyond series is the one with, um, it's way in the future and uh, Bruce thinks he's, uh, he's, everyone thinks he's crazy. He hears his voice in his head. And so finally, uh, Terry asks him, he's like, how did you find out you weren't crazy, you know? And you weren't talking to yourself. He's like, because uh, he says, in my mind, uh, I was calling myself Bruce. And he's like, I, in my mind, I don't call myself that. So that was probably my favorite Batman story. Oh, that's very cool. I can't wait for, uh, I think Jackson Lanzig and Colin Kelly are doing a um, a new Batwing series. Or sorry, uh, yeah, Batwing. No, I mean, Beyond series, I mean, uh, in the next couple of months. I haven't really kept up with uh, a lot of books. I was going to ask, are you reading any comics right now? It can, it don't have to be uh, brand new ones. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm doing a lot of research for our um, Jeff and I's next image book, and um, I'm reading a lot of uh, black and white manga. So, and it's a backlog of books I haven't read. It's, you know, it's The Girl from the Other Side, um, stuff like that. Uh, I'm, more, I'm more like studying like the style and the storytelling. Is there a character you haven't yet got to tackle from the superhero stable that you're dying to do next? You know, it's hard to say. I really, I was very happy getting to draw Batman my whole life. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been spoiled with that. And no, there's, you know, there's really none. Like if they pop up, it's always like, will Batman be involved? Oh, I kind of see it because I kind of love drawing Batman. You must be pumped for the Batman movie coming out soon. Yeah, I think everyone is. It's just so exciting. Like, uh, and, you know, we, I think as fans and creators, we get excited every time there's a new uh, iteration of him, new actors, new direction. So, yeah. How about you? Oh, I'm so pumped. Yeah. I, the the visual style of it and the, I mean, of course, they're using Nirvana, which got me pumped too. But, like, <laughs> it just feels so different than anything we've ever seen, which is extra exciting. Like, it's made for, uh, you know, people growing up the 90s and early 2000s. It almost has this kind of, like, uh, nostalgic feel to it. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah, totally. It's crazy with with the movies these days, like the Spider-Man leaks today and the whole multiverse stuff that's just being tackled in like the upcoming Spider-Verse movie. We've got the Flash movie. We've got (laughs) it's madness, but it's so cool. It's so cool, too. Right. Like when we were growing up, superhero movies were like so rare. And now it's like we're just inundated with superheroes in one movie. Good time to be a fan, dude. You know, it's yeah. Um. But no, we're we're very fortunate these days, you know, and not just in movies. We have, you know, entire every TV show is a superhero movie, you know. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot to, to be grateful for. And I usually wrap up the podcast interview with uh, off topic, top shelf, asking the guest what they're into right now. That's not comics related. It can be a movie. It can be food. It can be anything. What are you what are you uh, spending your time with when you're not drawing or, or reading comics? Uh, fixing my damn house. <laughs> so many problems. <laughs> and I'm not really into it, but you know, it's just I I don't think this is like what you've had in mind. But when I'm not working, it's just like you know, there's something wrong with the house. This week, it's the pool, it's the heater, the walls, the plants. Um, is that is that what you wanted to hear? Or no? Oh, totally. Yeah, and you know, what's funny is I just put um, a down payment on a house just yesterday, so I think I'm about to enter that world that you're in right now. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, it, it's so it's so satisfying to have a house but at the same time you end up you're so like oh man you feel like i should have just stayed renting but no on other days you're just like this is like the best it's the best investment and also it's just satisfying to have a house you know but man uh when 
when I used to, when we used to do these interviews and I do, and they would ask me, I was like, yeah, you know, the, the cars, I'm, you know, I love reading these, uh, these new books by Margaret Atwood and, you know, just playing with toys. But now it's like, every time someone asks me, I'm like, God damn house. And it's just, you know, I think it's part of being an adult now. It's, I mean, it is part of being an adult. That's a stupid way. <laughs> no, you're totally adulting now. And, uh, there's pride in that, right? But there's also the the pain of the bills and the headaches. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like a long time ago, someone asked me, um, you know, who do you who do you look for as a collaborator in uh, comics? You know, uh, someone that you can, uh, you know, like you look for a certain style. And uh, eventually, I got to a point where I'm like, I look for someone that has a mortgage and kids. Then you know they'll always deliver. So that's how I. <laughs> you know they'll be responsible. But yeah, congratulations. That that's a that's a huge step. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. Well, I think all of us at the AIPT Comics uh, website, but also out there in the comics verse, are really excited for Robin and Batman number one, which is out this week from Dustin Wen. Dustin, thank you so much for being on the AIPT Comics podcast. You have a great day, dude.